This morning we continue on in our series of hearing from God, and we come from the first book of Samuel, chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one whom I indicate. So Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all the sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went to Ramah. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. This week, as I reflected on the significance of the birthday of our country, I thought back, even in light of this scripture, over the founding fathers that we are blessed to have, and we can contribute much of the benefits of our current lives, our current country, and certainly our freedoms too. The myth goes that after the Revolutionary War and the victories under General Washington, several people wanted to anoint him as king, but he rejected, saying, I have not overthrown one thing just to one king just to reinstate another. As we all know, he would be elected as president, first president of our country, and serve two terms. At the conclusion of his second term, he gave up his role as president, and went back to his farm, the history books say. When told of this change in power, King George III in England was shocked, but recognized that this move and act of humility would make President Washington one of the greatest men in history. See, power was not something new, but giving up power was. There's a great quote from Sam Adams during this time of choosing our first president, 
As the delegates meet together to elect the president, they look around the room, and Sam Adams, who is somewhat of a shorter man, recognizes that it is natural for everyone to elect the tallest person in the room, that being General Washington. I thought of this this week as I thought about the benefits of our country, the freedoms we enjoy, and this scripture itself. Jim Collins, a modern-day writer on management, writes about the issue of leadership. In his book, Good to Great, he extensively researches hundreds and hundreds of information of data on several different companies, trying to trace what happens with a country when they go from good to great. You see, many articles have been written on the importance of a leader, of a single person who could take a company from good to great, and Collins rejected these ideals. So he told his team, we're not writing another book on the importance of a great CEO. But time and time again, his research team returned to him with stories, first-hand accounts even, from employees attributing the great results of the company to their great leaders. Finally, Collins acquiesced and began to look deeper into the data and discovered this common trend throughout many companies of a leader. Collins writes extensively on this subject, attributing it to a term he calls a level five leader. The main attribute of this is that the leader's, that the leader's ambition is first and foremost for the organization and not for themselves. After Collins finished writing the book, he got countless letters in from all different parts of the country in all different types of organizations, thanking him for his writing on leadership. People wrote back to say, I identify these leaders in my life, and I never knew what to call them. People that would put the organizations and even others before themselves. They changed my lives and the lives of those in the organization, and I never knew what to call them before your term level five leader came out. Surprised by this reaction to this to this reaction on his writing on leadership, Collins would continue his research on the role of leaders in our society. He writes in his next book, Great by Choice, about the role of charisma, identifying it not necessarily as a negative thing, but more a neutral, something that can be more dangerous. Collins identifies that leaders need to be building systems to perpetuate values instead of just having people rely on their personality. And this is what we see in the Founding Fathers, as they seek not to create a monarchy, a system of organization around one leader, but a system of organization around our Founding Fathers' values, a document to protect our individual rights from any government that might seek to overthrow them. This is the reality that Jim Collins highlights in his writing about leadership and we experience in our wonderful country today. Leaders who are humble enough not to promote themselves or preserve their power, but to preserve the power of the individual. And we see this in our scripture this morning. Samuel is a lifelong prophet. We know of his role in learning to hear the voice of God from a young age. And he shows up in our scripture today, ready to anoint a new king. And even Samuel himself is learning on the job. 
I find it interesting that even the prophet of God is continuously learning. But I find extensively that we have much to learn from Samuel in this process. First, the story starts with Samuel mourning the loss of Saul and God calling him to move on, to move on to anoint a new king. I think from this we can learn that we need not to be committed just to God's word and God's plan, but stay connected first and foremost to him. For as we know in life, the plan can often change, but God will always be with us. Second, I notice that Samuel has an expectation of how things go, and I identify with this greatly. So often we have an expectation of how things will turn out, of what God wants or what even God is planning and intending. As Samuel shows up and expects the leader to be the tallest person in the room, just as Samuel Adams quipped, God points out, first and foremost, that it is not the things of an outward appearance of man, but the inward things, the things of the heart. And he chooses David, the youngest of all of Jesse's sons, which would be such a twist in that day when so much of the rights of the father would be passed to the oldest son. Thirdly, I see that the reality that God's ways are not our ways. We know that we are called not to lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him, and He will make our path straight. Time and time again, God surprises us in Scripture with what He calls us to, and the prophet himself is surprised as well. Here we see Samuel surprised at who God has called him to anoint as king. But this connection with God is what makes this last so well. Finally, we all must be life learners. We are all called to hear from God and to learn from Him continually. In the scriptures this morning, I noticed that even the prophet Samuel, at his status and experience, is still learning how to hear the voice of God and still surprised by the many things he will say. Stay humble. Keep your ears and eyes turned to God and be committed to God, not to your own plans or expectations. In, renewing, in reviewing this move of God this week and calling an unlikely leader like David and thinking of the unlikely leaders he chose to lead our country in its foundation, I thought of our own leader, David, and found it interesting of how much he reflects King David himself. Our leader, often joking about his shortness of height and bald head, he portrays an unlikely wisdom, intellect, and especially humility that you will see unparalleled with many leaders. I find it fascinating that in the midst of an era where we focus on tall CEO-type leaders who take the lead and take control, we like in this passage this morning, are gifted with such a humble and serving leader. We are blessed to have such wonderful leaders in our country and our church as well. As I reflect on the many things we learn from Samuel this week in learning to hear from God, I am touched first and foremost by the humble leaders that our country has been blessed with and our church as well. Would you please bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of this nation. We thank you for the many humble leaders 
who came before us and formed it in a way that our rights are preserved and protected. Most of all, our right to worship and love and serve you in public ways. Father, we pray for those leaders who have gone before us and all the sacrifices they have made. We thank you for our leader, David, whose humility is such a gift and whose heart shows so much of your own heart. Father, thank you for the ways that you continue to teach us to hear your voice and follow it. We thank you for this week, for all your gifts to us, praying for these things. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.